0: Additive manufacturing industry in Australia and New Zealand is on the rise. We catch up with Alex Kingsbury, Additive Manufacturing Fellow, RMIT University, Melbourne, Australia, to find out more. On this episode of AM Infocast, we trace back how AM has evolved and unique points about the AM ecosystem in the region, discuss success stories and the major opportunities for additive manufacturing in Australia and New Zealand. Let's tune in. Welcome, Alex, to AM Infocast. Great to have you here.
1: Hi, Jitia. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So, Alex, uh, you know, you've been associated with the additive manufacturing industry now for the past uh, close to, I think, 10 years. How did you identify AM as an area of interest and what were your key milestones in your journey so far?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think like most people that wandered into additive manufacturing quite some time ago, uh, it was done sort of, you know, largely by accident or, or it was something that sort of just appeared on my horizon and I, and I thought that it was you know, super interesting and really fascinating. Um, so that's, that's how it happened. I was, I was um, working at CSIRO, which is like our um, sort of government-funded research lab that does, you know, really focuses on industrial research. And a lot of the area that I was working in at the time was metal powders, metal powder um, consolidation technologies, and also metal powder production technologies. And we had a bit of an emphasis or an effort around uh, metal powders and the metal supply chain, particularly as it related to titanium in Australia. And we, yeah, and and it was through that really, I mean, everything I'm talking about so far really lends itself to 3D printing with metals, doesn't it? So um, it it wasn't long until we um, decided to go and invest in a, a 3D printer. Um, and I was just really lucky to, to be working at CSIRO at the time. Um, and like I said, I was working across a number of different project areas, but eventually was uh, appointed as research group lead for, for additive manufacturing in about 2014, 15. So, you know, that's really where my efforts in AM started, you know, really in earnest, focused very much only on AM and have done ever since, um, as far as what you yeah, know, piqued my interest. I guess um, I saw that there was a really interesting play for manufacturing with 3D printing. You know, we were already working in other powder consolidation uh, technologies, and uh, 3D printing stuck out to me as being uh, a technology that just held a lot of promise with a, and had a very exciting future.
0: Yeah, that's great, and thanks, thanks for sharing your journey. And it, you know, it definitely allows others who are maybe looking at contemplating similar approaches allows them to understand how one has gone about it. And uh, You know, you've been active in the uh, AM uh, scenario in Australia and New Zealand. How has the additive manufacturing ecosystem evolved in the region? And uh, could you highlight a few unique points about the the ecosystem there in Australia and New Zealand?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, it's you know in australia and new zealand i guess initially it was actually new zealand that really it was excelling with metal 3d printing they had a number of service bureaus established and a vast number of machines going and operating in a commercial capacity you know really well before australia did although i would add one of the one a business in australia was one of the very first to invest in metal 3d printing they're sydney based and uh, they they did that you know a long long time ago but. You know, as far as a real concerted effort by multiple different parties went, uh, it was New Zealand that took the lead. But then, you know, the the industry though has has certainly progressed. We have in Australia a kind of interesting manufacturing landscape and it's not dissimilar to New Zealand's. And that is that we had a, you know, very early on. So you know both of our countries are very new, comparatively speaking. And uh and very early on in our in our federation and, and coming together as as countries, you know, separately, New Zealand and Australia, there was a, an effort to focus on manufacturing. Um, and that's largely was driven by really two different things. Um, The first one being that we needed to uh, be able to manufacture goods for ourselves because um, both Australia and New Zealand are quite geographically remote from our major trading partners. And so there's just actually a need to be able to manufacture things ourselves. The second one being that both countries relied heavily on primary industries. So, you know, things like farming um, and mining, for example, were big contributors to the economy, but the issue in having primary industries drive your country's um, economic growth is that you tend to consolidate wealth amongst the hands of a few um, and uh, an industry like manufacturing, if you can incubate it, uh, it tends to really grow a middle class. Uh, So it plays a really pivotal role there in in evening out some of the income distribution. Uh, This is going probably fairly long way back to getting now finally to, to additive manufacturing. In more recent times, both countries have had efforts to pull back on the investment in manufacturing and what I mean by that is things like putting on tariffs, trade subsidies, uh, that type of thing, um, as we have all as a a world, but particularly Australia and New Zealand in the context of the world, have very much internationalised their supply chains and also struck trade agreements that meant that you can no longer tariff, you know, put tariffs on imported goods. And so what this did is really impact our both of our manufacturing industries quite a lot um, and not in a, in a particularly good way. We still had some subsidies holding up the remainder of our manufacturing. Um, for example, in Australia, the auto industry was quite subsidised. Um, and efforts then were, I mean, not so much efforts, but more there was increasingly a belief that we should not be putting subsidies into manufacturing. Um, So these were progressively pulled out of our economy, which meant that the manufacturing that remains in Australia and New Zealand is really the manufacturing that can, you know, sort of, quote, unquote, stand on its own two feet. Now, I'm not saying that subsidies are a bad thing and I'm not saying tariffs are a bad thing. I'm just saying the way that things are. And, And there are, you know, if I take the example of the auto industry in particular, I mean, the auto industry. really incubated an enormous amount of talent and capability uh, within Australia. And so what we see is, um, particularly in Australia, is a lot of that talent and capability has been able to move or transition into, you know, newer, uh, more advanced manufacturing technologies, um, such as 3D printing. So for example, we have really excellent design capability in Australia and uh, we we still, you know, a lot of those auto companies still maintain design houses essentially uh, for for their cars, so they'll maintain them uh, maintain these teams in Australia. So we definitely have a lot of really great capability in Australia that still exists around manufacturing. We have perhaps a little less hardware capability, and that is where and a technology like three d printing is actually quite important um, because it's an enabling technology. So it gives you the ability uh, to make many different products using you know one one single box, essentially. So it's it's a, it's a bit of a long answer to your question, Aditya, but there is certainly a role to play for additive manufacturing in Australia and New Zealand. And, you know, I think the, the progress has been, you know, for someone like me, it's always much slower than what I would like to see <laughs> naturally. But, but having said that, if I, if I take a step back and look at, you know, from the time that, you know, the CSIRO bought their first 3D printer and people were walking in and saying, what's a 3D printer? to now I think we've progressed significantly there's always more that can be done I think and I you know I, I still think I'd, I'd love to see more businesses spring up around 3D printing but certainly the progress in the last you know since in the last 10 years uh, since you know since 2012 has been quite extraordinary. Yeah that's good uh, yes, that has been for three D printing around the world, of course. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, thanks. Thanks for giving the background. I think that's very important to, uh, to give context to where a certain country's additive manufacturing current status is, because finally, the manufacturing prowess of the country, country, and the and the policies make a big difference on how additive manufacturing evolves as well. So, you know, that's that's very important to understand the background and the context. And uh, most,
1: yeah, most certainly. And I think it also, what we perhaps don't appreciate or realize uh, so much within our within the additive manufacturing industry is how important a role governments have to play, you know, in our technologies and the ways in which they're adopted.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, and based on what you've shared so far, which industries would you say have adopted additive manufacturing in a very positive way? And can you share a few success stories in adoption of AM in in the region?
1: Yeah, sure. If I could think of you know two major industries that have been big adopters, and I suppose you know I, I probably should preface this with the fact that my uh, natural bent is always towards metal additive manufacturing so that's been the you know the, the, the 3D printing that I've been involved in primarily over the course of my experience Yeah, I've had a little bit to do with polymers but I wouldn't say I you know I've really focused on metal so I do have a natural bias towards metal and so my answers are probably tinged a little bit in that way however I think moving on um, you know as far as the industries that have been bigger doctors it's really been uh, in, a, in a very large way has been medical Um, in Australia. And and I think, you know, that's, again, we've had quite an interesting history with our adoption of AM um, in medical. Uh, And, you know, I I mean, I I was really lucky to be involved in some of the earlier projects in uh, medical AM. And that has been really, really around custom made implants. Um, So I was, uh, it was my team that did um, the first 3D printed heel implant and also my team that did the first 3D printed sternum and and those were you know really you know those were really big and important projects um, we did those with an industry partner um, called anatomics that's based here in Melbourne um, you know where, where where I am and where CSRO is and uh, we were able to you know deliver that project or both those projects to to really great success And particularly the sternum has had a number of really interesting iterations, you know, thereafter after that first project. But getting back to the industries, um, medical being one, um, absolutely, Uh, anatomics as a company is is you know a super impressive outfit, and and is doing some very very interesting and innovative. Um, projects and always has done and I I believe always will do you know the other one that is perhaps a bit closer to home now for me is um, you know working at RMIT is that RMIT has a a very large um, IMCRC supported project with a number of other collaborators with Stryker Uh, and so that's again it's around uh, this one is not so much customized implants but more personalized implants orthopedic implants uh, so there's been a real lot of skill developed uh, in that area in in Melbourne in particular. I would say perhaps a little bit Brisbane as well. And we've seen we've seen a lot of research effort flow into that area, but we've also seen a lot of industry you know spawn out of that area. Um, another one is um, they were called OMX. Uh, they have since rebranded, but they do a TMJ. So um, that's a, a an, an implant that is in the jaw. Um, it's also a pretty common implant, it's 3D printed and um, and they've just done an absolutely amazing job in commercializing that product. And so it's very, you know, it's, it's very exciting. So I think there's a lot of really good success stories that we've had in Australia um, and, and also a lot of really pioneering that has been done in Australia. And if I go maybe to to other industries that are, are heavy adopters or at least more promising adopters, the other one I'd mention too is, uh, although they tend to be s- slower to move, is defence. Uh, so, you know, I think we know across the world there's a lot of application and use of 3D printing in defence, um, in defence industries, and, um, and it's, you know, not dissimilar here um, as well. So we see that. And perhaps kind of defence adjacent, we see a space industry. So there's the space industry in Australia is um, is uh, it's small, but there has been a real concerted effort around investing in space um, and space technologies and space companies um, and growing our space industry in Australia and um, that, you know, space industry is big user of 3D printing um, across the board and it's no different for many of the companies that exist in Australia.
0: No, that's great. I think it it mirrors how AM has really evolved in all major markets where I think medical and uh, aerospace or space have been the primary drivers uh, in different markets uh, to kind of push adoption across other industries. uh, Because I think there is a marked advantage in in both of these uh, applications compared to the others, which, which are slowly becoming more prevalent. So I think that's 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 a great uh, input from there, from the market. What what major opportunities do you see for additive manufacturing in Australia and New Zealand? And what does the future look like for your activities and for the market in general?
1: Yeah, so I think what we will see is a continuation of the growth of the industries that I just mentioned. We, you know, if, if I think about medical, um, Stryker's just uh, announced that they're going to be setting up a an, an R&D lab, but also... Um, a small-scale manufacturing centre in Brisbane, um, and that will be to to see the continuation of the project that they've had with IMCIC around personalised implants. Um, You know, that's really significant. Stryker is a, a, you know, a multinational company. I think, I believe that they're the second-largest medical device company in the world. If not second, they're certainly very, very, very large. And they have a significant effort in AM already, uh, largely based in Ireland, um, and they have chosen Australia as the destination for uh, their innovation. So and, you know, the the, very, the really innovative, groundbreaking projects that they want to pursue, they're going to pursue them in Australia. Um, so I think that's an enormous vote of confidence of, you know, a, a global multinational company coming and doing business in Australia. And, um, you know, it's something that I think that a lot of the team involved in that project should be very proud of. You know, and again, you know, going back on the space industry, this is an industry that's been very much endorsed by our government. So, you know, once again, I'm making reference to the fact that uh, government does have a really important role to play in the development of our industries and adoption of technologies, because I think we will see a lot of that growing into the future. And I think Australia is very uh, has a really concerted effort around making Australia a destination uh, for space and space-related technologies. You know, and New Zealand is not just similar. Uh, we have Rocket Lab over in in New Zealand. It's a, it's founded by a New Zealander. Um, they do have a a location now in in the US, and I believe they're they're primarily primarily they're, well they're a US-based business now. Um, but they still have a significant effort in New Zealand and, and and you know, and also around 3D printing in New Zealand. But we also have some great launch sites as well, which does help just because of the, you know, the nature of our geography means that there's plenty of spaces in which we can launch, uh, launch lots of rockets. So um, yeah, it's all very exciting. I think that you know australia uh, in particular has always been very strong in the academic sector so our research has always been very strong and i'm not i'm i'm trying not to be biased here obviously i work for a university but you know and i think i think the work that rmit does is is just um, absolutely outstanding but you know having said that there's you know there's other universities around australia that do um outstanding work in, in additive manufacturing as well so research as a sector has always been very strong We have a lot of uh, international students that that come to our universities um, to study. And admittedly, that's taken a bit of a hit over the last two years, but we do believe it will um, ramp back up again. Uh, And what that has meant is that there's been a lot of revenue coming into those universities. And uh, that, you know, when you look at what do you do with that revenue as a university? Well, you know, one of your. One of your functions is, of course, teaching and learning. But the other function you have, really important function you have, is research and research outputs. So a lot of that revenue gets directed into research intensive centres where we, you know, you can really kind of start to solidify and cement your place um, as a research uh, institution, both with people but also capability, your hardware capability. And I think when you've got additional revenue coming in through international students, um, that's where the investments are made. Um, and we see that across the board with all of the, the universities and, um, yeah, there's no, there's no reason why I don't think that that wouldn't continue. Um, I think we will continue to be very, very strong in the research, um, sector as well.
0: Yeah. Interesting, you know, inputs and great to you know, share a bit in depth information about what uh, the scenario in, uh, of of manufacturing in Australia and New Zealand. And we, and recently we are seeing a lot of great technology coming out of the region as well, where, uh, especially on the metal AM side, a lot of collaborations globally with companies which are making systems in Australia. I think that, that will also give it a give big boost, actually, for the industry locally.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I probably should have mentioned that you're right, because we have, yeah, we have, we have quite, quite a few OEMs in Australia. So Australian businesses that are OEMs v3d that has a cold spray machine we have aml 3d that has a wire arc system um, and we have aurora labs uh, that has a laser powder bed fusion system so there there are quite a number um, of these companies that have their own you know machines and and i think it's quite interesting actually between warren arc and cold spray i mean these are both high deposition rate technologies in am there's if you look cast your eye around worldwide for the um the, the Warren and arc systems and the cold spray systems that you can buy the fact that there's two of these companies in australia is pretty significant there's not too much else going on globally on the oem side for both of those technologies so yeah it's it's definitely very noteworthy yeah
0: exactly so you know great having this conversation with you and and you know educating our audience on on the market in australia and New Zealand. and we hope to engage with you in the near future and you know thanks for having this conversation and Best of luck with your endeavors.
1: Thank you, Aditya. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for tuning in for yet another episode of AM Infocast. Hope you found the episode informative. Tune in next week for yet another insightful episode.